0: for Easter. Last week we talked about the tool that keeps us on the path toward God. Like a compass, Scripture keeps us moving in the right direction no matter where we are in the world. No matter how lost we feel or how alone we are, God's Word keeps us moving in an authentic direction. But what if we want more? What if we want more than just a connection, What if we want to see the miraculous? The world is a beautiful place full of miracles. But the struggle is that we can't see any of it from the comfort of our living room. It's good to get away and out into the great outdoors. How many of you like to go camping? Do any of you like to rough it? This morning, we find Jesus and the disciples on a camping trip of sorts. They're up in the mountains where Jesus begins to shine like a light. As that happens, he is joined by Moses and Elijah who appear in glorious splendor. When the disciples see this, they are amazed. The experience is so powerful. The disciples want to pitch three tents or shelters and just stay up on the mountaintop forever. Sometimes we want to stay on the mountain. But like a camping high, we have to return back to regular life, transformed by the experience. It's in these moments after the mountaintop that we begin to recognize God's presence all around us. The actor Robin Williams uh, plays a character named Bob Monroe in the movie RV. It's a funny movie. Bob has a good job, uh, but when he embarrasses his boss at a company picnic, he loses his vacation trip to Hawaii and instead is told he must attend a conference in Colorado or lose his job. To conceal this fact, Bob rents a massive RV and then tells his family that they're going on a family camping trip to the Rockies. Along the way, all kinds of crazy and zany things happen. At one point, Bob drives the camper on a forested trail meant for four-wheel drive vehicles only. And in the process, he lodges the RV on a large, precarious boulder at the top of a mountain. (laughs) There it is stuck. (laughs) Both the front and back wheels are not touching the ground. (laughs) To get the RV moving, he climbs out and wriggles his way to the front bumper and uses his weight to rock it free, except he's still clinging to the windshield. Then off he goes on a ride through the trees as he holds on for his life to a runaway RV. Sometimes uh, it's hard to come down from a mountain. It could be difficult uh, because, like Robin Williams in that movie, uh, maybe we literally lose control on our way down. Or more likely, coming down from a mountain could be difficult because we'd prefer to stay on top of the mountain. Up there, the view is spectacular. And we can separate ourselves from our normal routine and from the struggles of life that await us down in the valley below. It's a bit of an escape up there on a mountaintop. And we're up on a mountain, we know it's different there and in a good way, so maybe we'd rather not go back down. Our reading for today describes a mountaintop experience. Jesus took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountaintop to pray. Jesus had 12 original disciples or followers, and of those 12, this group of three was the inner circle. Peter, John, and James. And Jesus took those three with him up a mountain, and when they reached the top, something unexpected happened. As Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face began to change, and his clothes became blinding white, At once, two men were there talking with him. They turned out to be Moses and Elijah, two heroes from God's people Israel in the Old Testament. And what a glorious appearance they made. They spoke about Jesus' departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. Meanwhile, Peter and the others were slumped over in sleep. Isn't that something? there was this amazing thing happening, but the disciples were sleeping right through it. It's like that movie you're watching after a long day, and it's a really good movie, but you're struggling to keep your eyes open because you're so tired, and even at the best parts, it's just hard to to stay awake. You might know that feeling. I know that feeling. And at that point, Molly usually looks at me and says, I think it's your bedtime. (laughs) Usually, my sleepiness can't be reversed, no matter how hard I try. But it wasn't that way for Peter, John, and James on that mountaintop. They started to wake up. When they became fully awake, rubbing their eyes, they saw Jesus in his bright glory and the two men standing with Jesus. They could hardly believe what they were seeing. When Moses and Elijah had left, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let's build three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter blurted this out without even thinking. Peter was someone who spoke first and thought later. While he was babbling on like this, A radiant cloud appeared and covered them. They found themselves buried in the cloud and they became deeply aware of the presence of God. Then there was a voice out of the cloud This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they saw Jesus there all alone. They were speechless. It took a lot to make Peter speechless. <laughs> they kept this to themselves and said not one thing to anyone during those days of what they had seen. Something unexpected happened when Peter, John, and James were with Jesus. Actually, it was becoming common for unexpected things to happen in the presence of Jesus Jesus regularly did the unexpected. He still does. Shortly before this strange mountaintop experience, Jesus fed a crowd of over 5,000 people using only five loaves of bread and two fish. We feed about 150 people from one kitchen for one of our community meals, and I think that's pretty remarkable. But listen to how Jesus operates. Luke tells us that when Jesus... Looked up to heaven, gave thanks, and broke the bread and fish. He gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people, all the people, more than 5,000 of them. And they all ate and were satisfied. Then there were even 12 baskets full of leftovers that remained. Who could have expected that? Luke tells us that after that, Jesus asked his disciples, Who do you say I am? Peter was again the first to speak up. He answered, You are God's Messiah. But Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. Peter finally got it right. And yet Jesus insisted that this wasn't yet the time to start telling people. And he said, I'm going to suffer many things. I'm going to be tried and found guilty by the religious leaders. I'm going to be rejected and killed and on the third day be raised up alive. So unexpected. Then right before they climb up the mountain, Jesus talks about what it means to follow him. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. In other words, Jesus basically says, don't run from suffering, embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. A suffering Messiah whose way is self-sacrifice? A call for us, too, to take up the cross and walk in the way of self-giving love? Deny yourself and you'll find true life? Nobody was expecting to hear that. A short time later, Jesus tells Peter, John, and James, it's time to climb that mountain, He has something unexpected to show them and teach them. Something unexpected to show us and teach us, too. It's all summed up in the words of a voice coming from a cloud. The voice of God the Father. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. You never know what voices you might hear on a camping trip. When I was about eight years old, my family went camping in the Boston area. A part of the plan, I think this was probably the only (laughs) reason I even went along, was to watch the Baltimore Orioles play the Red Sox at uh, Fenway Park. I've never been much of a camper, and this trip kind of confirmed the reasons why. Uh, We stayed in a campground um, outside of Boston, and the people With us at the campsite, the people right next to us, it seemed like they were all around us, were really loud, uh, basically all night long. Um, That ended up being our last family camping trip. (laughs) In my experience, often the voices I've heard on camping trips haven't been voices I've necessarily wanted to listen to. Sometimes the campground can get... Noisy. People around you might be uh, the the most unconsiderate (laughs) as they just continue chatting by the fire while you're trying to sleep. But on this sort of camping trip, the one Luke describes for us, there's a voice well worth hearing and following. That's God's voice telling us to listen. To Jesus, his son, and our Savior. If we're going to listen to Jesus, that means paying special attention to what he says is most important of all. And Jesus says these two things matter more than anything else love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. According to Jesus, these commands are the greatest of all. Love God and love people. That's the idea behind our Lenten reading and action plan. We're encouraging everyone in our church to participate. If you didn't get a plan yet, pick up your copy at the Welcome Center right after worship this morning. So many people got one last week that we ran out and had to print more. Isn't that great? The plan provides a daily scripture reading on the inside and then on the back, a list of food uh, food items to donate to our church food pantry, which serves our neighbors in need. Last week, macaroni and cheese uh, was on the list. When we went to buy some at the store, I noticed it was on sale. 49 cents a box wasn't expecting that (laughs) we loaded up on mac and cheese it was fun the goal is for everyone in our church to follow this plan to take some time each day to read the Word of God to take some time each week to consider items that are needed not for us but for those around us and then to give generously we're setting the goal of a thousand items after week one which was last week we had nearly 300 items donated so we're gonna exceed that goal maybe by two or three times and I think that's gonna be amazing and I invite you to join us no matter how old you are no matter how young you might be make it a family activity do this together and as you do as we do here's what we'll find we'll find that God is speaking to us. We will hear God speak to us through the scriptures, and you'll be able to listen to Jesus. You'll go deeper in your faith and grow stronger in the love of God and neighbor. Love, after all, is more than a feeling or emotion. Love acts. Love does Love listens to God and obeys. Love reaches out and serves our neighbors. If it doesn't do those things, it's not truly love. Love is a verb. Jesus shows us that. Jesus came down from the mountain that day and went into the valley After that mountaintop experience, this is what Jesus does next. He hears about a boy who has been terribly afflicted and is suffering greatly. And Jesus goes right there, and he heals that boy. Jesus then again predicts his death and defines true greatness as welcoming and serving others. Jesus again faces opposition, again teaches about the cost of following him and then sends out his followers to share the good news that in Jesus the long-awaited kingdom of God has come near. This means God's reign, God's rule on earth Has begun his kingdom of righteousness, justice, peace, and reconciliation. God revealed his glory in Jesus on that mountain. Peter, John, and James caught a glimpse of the splendor, the majesty, the power of the presence of God. They encountered God on that mountaintop. Have you ever had a spiritual mountaintop experience? A time when the presence of God was so powerful. Maybe even an audible voice. Maybe a voice deep within. For me, it's never been an audible voice, but it's been repeatedly a voice I've heard deep within my soul. And I know it's not my voice, an intuition a nudging, and listen, because it might be the voice of God. Maybe, maybe you've experienced something like a cloud appearing and strangely covering you so you become deeply aware of the presence of God. Pay attention to those mountaintop experiences and what God wants to teach you through them i've been to the mountaintop is the popular name of the last speech delivered by reverend martin luther king jr he spoke on april 3rd 1968 in memphis tennessee in the midst of the long difficult civil rights struggle for african americans on the following day king was assassinated The speech primarily concerns the Memphis sanitation strike over years of poor pay and dangerous working conditions. The strike was provoked by the deaths of two black workers who were crushed to death in garbage compactors. In the speech, King calls for unity, economic reforms, and nonviolent protest while challenging America to live up to its ideals. He knew that such injustice and inequality aren't part of the kind of society God wants for this world. Listen to how the speech ends, a speech many consider one of the greatest ever given.
1: Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead.
0: There's a preacher. (laughs) For every one of us individually and as a people together, life is a journey. There are grueling climbs, majestic views, and unanticipated turns. There are mountaintop experiences that inspire our vision. There are dark valleys that test our strength. Through it all, this one thing remains. The faithful love of God for us in Jesus Christ our Lord. God says of Jesus, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. As we listen to Jesus today, As we pursue his plans and his purposes for our lives, as we participate in his work, amazing and wonderful and unexpected things happen. Because Jesus is alive and he works in us and through us to build his kingdom. That makes things here on earth look a little more like the kingdom of God in our homes, in our schools, in our places of work, in our community. And in the world around us, you can be part of God's work today. Imagine that. Before you say you're not qualified, consider these two heroes of the faith who appeared with Jesus on the mountain Moses and Elijah. Yes, they are remembered for their great deeds for God, but did you know this? Moses couldn't speak clearly. He had a stutter. Elijah was so depressed, at times he was suicidal. The list of unexpected people God has worked through goes on and on. Noah got drunk, Abraham was too old, Jacob lied, Joseph was abused, Gideon was afraid, Rahab was a prostitute, Jeremiah was too young. David was a murderer and an adulterer. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. Peter denied Christ. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too small. Timothy had a painful ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. Yet... God did surprising and extraordinary things through each one. And God, surely, God can do the same through you and me. When we come down from the mountain, we start to see and seek what God has in store for us. Keep your eyes open. For God's unexpected blessings. The key to seeing inspiring, powerful things. Life-changing, transformative things. Today, the key is to stay close to Jesus. To listen to Jesus and follow him. Because Jesus is the one who makes it all happen. Because of Jesus, we can learn to see God... In the unexpected let's pray Lord thank you for revealing your glory for us to see in Jesus our Savior help us keep our eyes open for your unexpected blessings use us to be part of your work and to build your kingdom today That others may encounter you and that we all may be transformed by your great power. Come, Holy Spirit. As Jesus taught us, now we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven.